Hey there, everyone. Apologies in advance because uh, I accidentally recorded this on the wrong microphone, a microphone I didn't even know was plugged in. So bear with me. Um, sorry if it sounds weird. I tried to edit it as best I could, but it is what it is. So uh, anyway, Hawkeye. All right. Well, I just finished watching episode five of Hawkeye titled Ronin, and I've got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, welcome back to another interim episode of the Media Lunch Break. Uh, it's Andrew here. I'm going to tell you my thoughts of the episode that I just watched. I've been waiting this whole season. It's almost over. They wait until the second to last episode to make this big reveal that I've been hoping for and I've been waiting for, and it finally happened. If you haven't watched it yet, you plan on watching it, turn this off. Watch it, because I'm, I'm going to spoil the shit out of it, and it's amazing. Uh, odds are you've probably already heard already, you know, the internet and such. But uh, the biggest thing to come out of this, spoilers ahead, you've been warned twice now, three, two, one, go, spoilers. The biggest thing to come out of this is at the very end, we are reintroduced to someone on a blurry, a blurry photo from a fairly new phone that belongs to somebody who comes from a family of great wealth. What phone is this? This is like a Nokia, one of those old Nokias? Like, why can't we see that image? Like, it's very blurry, but it is absolutely confirmed in the credits that it is Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, it looks like, is playing the kingpin, Wilson Fisk. Vincent D'Onofrio famously played him in Daredevil, in the Netflix series, uh, as well as um, some of the other Netflix shows. I think maybe just The Defenders, probably, after that. But also, all three seasons of Daredevil, he was widely considered to be one of the best parts of that entire five-series run. And uh, I'm real glad he's back. Also, Kevin Feige earlier in the week confirmed that Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil or Matt Murdock in that Netflix series as well, will be returning. He said, if we do or when we do reintroduce Daredevil into the MCU, our plan is to have Charlie Cox play that character. Didn't say when that'll be. In fact, I think he said uh, when that is still has yet to be seen. But great that we're getting these two back. Does it mean we're going to be getting the rest of those actors back in their same roles? I have no idea. I kind of like them, so it'd be nice. Obviously, uh, Finn Jones, I think is his name. Take him or leave him, I guess. But the rest of them are all very good. So it'd be great to see all of them. So yeah, we got Vincent D'Onofrio. So exciting, with like a, a little homage as well, and like a little graphic at the end. And uh, I was kind of hoping there would be a post-credit scene with him. I was kind of hoping that the reveal would be a much bigger, like we'd have more time with him before the episode ended. I was kind of hoping when uh, Kate came back to her apartment and saw it all torched up or whatever, that Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk was going to be waiting for her. Instead, we got Yelena Belova. I don't know that I really liked that interaction between the two of them. It felt very fillery. I think I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to establish that they come from sort of similar places. They both, uh, you know, have aspirations and they're both very good at what they do. They're two young Avenger-like people who aren't super-powered, but they're just very good at what they do. Uh, it's also interesting that you have this dynamic going on between Kate and Yelena in the same way that Clint and Natasha had a similar relationship when they first met. That Clint was sent to kill Natasha and they ended up becoming friends. I think there's a very good chance that something similar is going to happen between Kate and Yelova? Yelena. Yelena Belova. Talk about a tongue twister. And uh, additionally, something else I, I, I'm predicting for the next and final episode of the season 
in the comics, spoiler for the comics, it's not a huge spoiler, but uh, Kate Bishop's parents are sort of ambiguously, maybe they're bad, maybe they're not. You are led to believe that her mother is like a pretty bad person. And then maybe it comes out a little bit later that maybe she's not actually, she might just be doing this to try and get close to someone who's bad to try and hurt them or to try to protect Kate or something like that. Uh, and then it turns out that her father, who I believe she thought was dead, is actually like working for the kingpin and is actually like kind of a bad dude. She thought Maybe it was that she thought her mom was dead. It doesn't matter. What I think is going to happen is that uh, I think Kate's dad is going to be alive. I think there's a very good chance that he is actually a good guy and that uh, Kate's mom will fill the role of Madame Mask, who's a villain in the comics. Part of that is because she kind of looks like Madame Mask. So I don't know. It could be an unintentional thing. It could be a misdirect, but she does look a lot like her. That being said, in the comics, Madame Mask is not her mom. So I, I could also see them doing that. But there are, there's also uh, a lot of stuff in the comics about um, like sort of life model decoys. Like, Madame Mask is able to create bodies that she can use. Like, I think she makes a, a new face for herself or something. For example, in one of the comics, she becomes Kate Bishop, and then there are two Kate Bishops, and everyone's like, which one's the real one? It's like one of those tropes. But uh, So it could be that they've got Kate's mom hidden in some vault somewhere, and Madame Mask is pretending to be her. That's definitely a possibility. I suspect that she will be the main villain of this piece. Her dad will have been in, you know, uh, witness protection or whatever, and, and he'll come back because of, you know, superhero rules. If we don't see them die, they're not dead. End of story. I also love the correlations that they're making between Maya and Kate. So, for example, Maya lost her dad very young, as did Kate. And also there's uh, uh, some... Well, we'll see. But Maya has been deceived by her father figure, her parent figure, uh, the person who she was raised by after her father died. And I think there's a very good chance that something similar will happen with Kate as well. Only difference is that uh, Maya's dad ain't coming back, and I'm pretty sure Kate's will. Don't know what's going to happen with Jack Dufresne. Jacques? Jacques Dufresne? I think it's Jack in the show. It's Jacques in the comics. Not sure. Is Tony Dalton related to Timothy Dalton? They look exactly the same, but it could just be that little tweedly mustache, so I'm not sure. I'll, I'll ask Chris about it in the next episode. Yeah, so those are most of my thoughts about this. I'm liking this show a lot. I'm very curious about what the, like, final boss battle business is going to be. Like, the end of all these shows, all the movies, there's always some big laser show in the sky or whatever with people using their magic to fight each other or whatever, but there's none of that in this. It's just two people who are really good at hurling sharp sticks and then there's a widow in there who's just like a person with like a little bit of tech and who's really good at martial arts and can speak 40 languages or whatever and then you've got uh maya who's you know someone who is a a, a differently abled person who's very good at killing people and then you've got the kingpin so i don't know if they're all going to try to kill the kingpin or what's going to go on with this by the way who is the kingpin I just realized, it just occurred to me, many people may not know this character. This character is extremely important in the comics, and it's, they've tried, I was going to say it's been, 
it's amazing that they have not tried to put him in movies and TV before, but they certainly have not only in the Daredevil show, but also he was one of the main villains in the Daredevil film as well. He's also been represented in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. He was one of the main villains, uh, maybe the main villain in Into the Spider-Verse, which was one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. Uh, he is traditionally a very large bald man kind of looks like daddy warbucks from annie but he uh he's the the top like you've got spider-man and daredevil's rogues galleries you have all these people that they're known to fight kingpin is the one who's pulling the strings he's sending them out he's saying you know what you should do you should kill this guy uh he is the person who pulls together the sinister six in some versions including in the 90s spider-man cartoon he is the one who frees all of these criminals from prison and says, hey, I want all six of you to work together and kill Spider-Man. So he uh, he's always pulling the strings. He always has some scheme. He's very, very smart. And he's also very strong. Uh, he has an interesting moral compass, though, as well. He's not just... I think that's one of the most interesting things about him and probably one of his greatest strengths is that he's not just a guy who's out to get a bunch of money. He's not just out to kill to kill. I know that sounded weird, but he's not out for the sake of killing. He's not trying to kill people just because he, he wants blood or whatever. He believes there is a status quo that will work. Uh, I believe he runs for mayor and wins in certain renditions of things. And he uh, he's very interesting. He just wants what's what he thinks is best for his community, which in the Daredevil series, when he's uh, uh, Daredevil's villain, that tends to be uh, um, Hell's Kitchen in New York City, which, by the way, the show makes it seem like, first of all, that Hell's Kitchen is huge, when in reality it's like a 10-block radius or whatever, but also that it's like one of the worst places in the world and it's full of crime, which is a little offensive because it's also like one of the biggest gay districts in New York City. I mean, obviously the West Village is like Stonewall and all that stuff and it's much, much bigger. Not much, much bigger, but like it's also, it's like the gay party place is Hell's Kitchen, which is probably how it got its name. But it's not like rich people live there, you know, whatever. There's basically no parts of, well, that's not true. I was going to say there's basically no parts in New York. There's very few parts in Manhattan that are like, you're, that are unsafe to go to that need a vigilante like Daredevil. But Wilson Fisk, man, the other thing about him is that he's he hides his, his physical strength under his appearance. So he looks traditionally like a very large, he looks like a weak, fat guy. And uh, that works to his, his advantage frequently because people tend to uh, underestimate him. And it turns out that he is just like all muscle underneath this like thin layer of flab so uh he even gives spider-man a pretty big run for his money spider-man who has superhuman strength due to his powers the kingpin like gives him a bear hug in the in the old cartoon i'm talking about the old cartoons a lot i've just started re-watching it and i'm like oh man this is really good but in the old cartoon he gives him like a big old bear hug and like nearly breaks his spine and kingpin is like just a dude you know he doesn't have any, like, superpowers or anything, but he is uh, he's generally protected by the law as well, which makes him an interesting counterpoint to someone like Daredevil, whose alter ego is a, an attorney. Um, so, like, obviously Matt Murdock, what he wants to do is be able to put Kingpin behind bars for the rest of his life, but it's very hard to do when nothing connects to him and he's just pulling strings. He's literally just, like, anonymously telling people to go do things. Uh, I'm glad he's in the show. I'm glad they got Vincent D'Onofrio. I've been waiting for it as soon as we, we started getting hints about Maya's uncle because her story as well 
is that her dad was killed by uh, her uncle, quote, uncle, who is the kingpin, Wilson Fisk. But she doesn't know that. And in fact, the kingpin tells her that Daredevil killed her father. But, uh, but she doesn't know that. So he raises her. He, you know, uses her for his nefarious deeds. She also is the first person in the comics to ever put on the Ronin outfit, even before Clint Barton takes that mantle on, and then other people as well, including Blade. Um, she, uh, she's an interesting character as well that I'm very excited to see what they do with her. Since she's getting her own show, Echo, we'll see if they utilize her in the same way. But the, the hints, the same way they do in the comics, but the hints that we have seen are like Fat Man auto sales or whatever that used Carlot that, uh, that Maya... Her, her father worked in. That was clearly some sort of money laundering business because you can see the cars are like, there's like an 85 Lincoln or something that's being sold for like 25 grand <laughs> for like a used car. Um, so yeah, the little hints like that, little details, uh, really the set dressing can make or break a show and they did a great job with that as well. But other things too, like uh, as soon as they said, you know, her dad died, and, uh, but don't worry, uncle's going to take care of you or whatever. I was like, ah, oh, see in the comics, she thinks her uncle is the kingpin. Also, another thing that happened in this episode that led up to that, that had me going, oh my God, is this the kingpin? Are they going to reveal the kingpin? Is that, uh, they confirmed that her boss was the person responsible for killing her father, which is what happens in the comics, right? So, uh, that's cool. I, I also was getting a little anxious about, like, are they really going to give us all of these clues that point towards the kingpin, and then God forbid they reveal that it's just some random actor. I was going to be so sad if it wasn't Vincent D'Onofrio. I, I, again, Kevin Feige confirmed that they are using Charlie Cox to play Matt Murdock in the future, but who knows with contracts and scheduling what was going to happen. But uh, it is very hard to tell that it's Vincent D'Onofrio. It is very iconically Wilson Fisk. He's wearing his comic book white suit. He's got his porcelain bald head he's got his cane that he carries with him uh, and then of course his name appears in the credits vincent d'onofrio and vincent d'onofrio tweeted about it on twitter all confirming that it's him which is a fantastic choice i'm super stoked about this i hope you all are excited as well thanks for coming along with me on this ride another some other cool things grills uh you know uh, clint stays with him and his at his place uh, interesting that a cop or firefighter or whatever he is can afford a, like, three-bedroom in Manhattan. But, uh, still cool that they're living together, which is exactly what happens in the comics. Well, not quite, but they live in the same building together. By the way, if you haven't read it yet, check out, uh, Matt Fraction's run on Hawkeye called My Life as a Weapon. They sell a big anthology of it now, if you want to get that. You can also try, like, the first volume to, you know, test it out and see if you want it. It's very good. It's one of the best comics I've ever read, especially if you're a big Marvel fan, like an MCU fan, if you're a big fan of the Marvel movies. It's a great segue into the comics. It's one of my recommendations for people who are like, I love these Marvel movies and I'd like to get into the comics, but I don't know where to start. This is a great place to start, especially after watching the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, because they've taken a lot of inspiration from that. Not a lot of the storylines. A lot of that stuff is very, very different, which is cool. Um, Matt Fraction, who wrote My Life as a Weapon, is also a consulting producer on the Disney Plus series. So that's cool as well. Anyway, thanks for listening to this. I like this show. Hawkeye has been one of my favorite characters in the comics for a very long time. I'm glad he's finally getting some love. And uh, I cannot wait to see what happens in the next episode. Peace and love. And uh, be cool.
<laughs> I don't know what our next episode. Our next episode's going to be on uh, Red Notice, I think. We have a very funny episode coming up next week that is... Uh, we're talking about Red Notice and the Amalgam Universe, which is like a combination of the Marvel and DC universes. There was like this, I don't even know when, maybe the 90s, I think. The two publishing companies worked together to create new characters that are mixtures of the DC characters and the Marvel characters. So you get like Dark Claw, who's a mixture of Batman and Wolverine and stuff like that. Um, it's a lot worse than it sounds. I think it's a cool idea. We talk about it at length, so be sure to check that out. We're also talking about Red Notice, I think I mentioned. And uh, it's a very special episode in that I'm drunk during it. And uh, Chris had his booster shot, his COVID booster shot. So we're both just in a in a special place. It was the holiday party for my job. So I, uh, I, got, I, I got a lot of free drinks and came home and recorded an episode with Chris. It's going to be very funny. Make sure to listen to that on Tuesday because it's uh, it's a very good one. <laughs> We've already got it recorded. I just have to edit it and put it out. But that's it for Hawkeye. Uh, what did you think? Let us know. Please give us a like and a subscribe and all that yada, yada, yada. And uh, thanks for listening to this. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on Tuesday. See ya.